If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. Hello, and welcome to the Comedians Playing Fancy Premier League podcast with me, Matt Ford. And me, John Richardson. This is the podcast where we follow the highs and lows of the FPL teams of some of the country's funniest people, but broadly just, you know, have a chat about how great football is. And just to agree. <laughs> Everyone is, and what a, what a privilege it is to be alive on such a planet such as this and enjoy the smell of the flowers and the buzzing of the bumblebees and just how great summer's going to be and how much there is to look forward to, you know, stuff like that. I think most people know why for one day of the year you're in a good mood, but we'll come on to that in a bit. And this week we'll be joined by the winner of the Comedians <laughs> FPL League, Ian Sterling. But to start, we've got a tweet here from Northern Guna, who says, I look forward to hearing how smug at Ron Jitchardson is going to be at Comedians FPL. So, John, mm. tell us, tell us, we were all delighted for you that Leeds stayed up a, 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 a thrilling were last you? game of the season. You know I wanted you to stay up. I know you were, yes, I appreciate that. And only as a friend, otherwise yeah. I would have known desire to see Leeds retain their Premier League status. Well, you are a Leeds fan, as as we've seen from Twitter. You were spotted in the crowd at Brentford celebrating in a, a vintage 94 Leeds United this hotel stop. That, that picture, I mean, a few people have tweeted at me. Does it look like me? It looks like um, a if you were being played, not in a Hollywood, you know the game, who would play you in a Hollywood yeah. movie. This is very much... Who would play you in a Channel 5 reconstruction? <laughs> um, There's a sort of budget comedy version of you. And what's interesting as well, it, look, the guy behind you, you can only see sort of top of his nose down. I reckon that could be Joel Domit. Actually, it, it could be you in a way. He's got a kind of ratty look. Yeah. <laughs> it could be me and you, couldn't it? It could be me and you at the Leeds game. Um I'm slimmer now than that. I'm slimmer than that man, aren't I? You are slimmer than that, yeah. And, unless um there's more of a sort of puppy there that, that that's a, a sort of snarling um celebration that whereas yours is more sort of puppy like glee. Yeah. Um, but John, talk us through the whole day, where you were, how you found out, what happened in your life. Well I was in a I was in oh I had an absolute result of a hotel. I was in uh I was previewing my upcoming tour in Northumberland. I, I don't know how I came to be gigging on the final day of the season an admin error i went through all my old emails to find the point at which i'd agreed to this gig and i can only assume i was away without my diary because i was furious with myself absolutely livid i think i did it at a point there was a point when we beat watford i think we were about eight points clear and it looked like we were probably going to be all right oh dear um and i think that's probably when i agreed to the gig thinking in a moment of absolute madness that my professional career is more important to me than the success of Leeds United season and that is not a decision I agreed with on Sunday so I booked uh, a hotel I was gigging in Barnard Castle and uh, Hexham in Northumberland lovely Um, and I found on Airbnb it was a room but it was also a pub and it was what you know pubs closing all over the country you know these little village pubs where nobody goes to them anymore and they've shut down this is basically that but i don't know how it still runs there was literally nobody in it the entire time i was there when i checked in when i left to go and do my gigs when i got back 
it was like they'd opened a pub just for me. So hang on, you you booked the pub or just you booked a room above a pub? I booked a room above a pub, um, a, a lovely pub called the Millbank Arms in a village called Barningham um, in the northeast. And it was just, the guy checked me in. There was nobody there. I was like, oh, are you open? He said, yeah, yeah, we're open. Um, took me up to my room. I said, what time do you close tonight? He said, well, it sort of depends really on, you know, when do you need us open? And I said, well... Wow. I'm probably going to get back from my gig about half 10. And he said, well, I'll wait till half 10 then. And he hadn't had a customer all night. He sat there waiting for me to get back from my oh, gig. Man. I felt absolutely terrible. I sort of assumed it would busy up in the evening. But it was like real fire. It smelt of a oh. fire. There was three different hand pulls on. They had like snacks behind them. It was just a beautiful village pub that was just for me. So I got back from my gig on uh, the Saturday. A lot of pressure on you. A lot, lot of pressure on you to spend a lot of money when you get back. Yeah, well, I, I said, I feel awful that you've stayed up. So I got him to pull me two pints and pour me a whiskey and I paid him for all of it straight away. I said, well, you can pack up and go now. I don't think that sounds as nice as you think it does. <laughs> well, I did. I probably worded it. Like, now, you sod off. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Just sit and watch me? A bit weird. Um, so I, I took them up to my room. And I sat on my bed with two pints and a whiskey and a bag of crisps, and I watched Vintage Bullseye. Um, It was a lovely evening. It really, you know, it was the first time I've not felt anxious about the Sunday. And and at that point, just assumed we were relegated. And I should point out, to bring it back to FPL, I had gone all in on uh, Leeds United staying up. I, I took a minus 20 just so I could bring in three Newcastle players, three Leeds United players, and I... I backed everything to the hilt. Um, Sunday, abs- I mean, a four o'clock kickoff is just the worst time. Just a day pacing around, yeah. trying to get some work done, absolutely pointless. I was only in a small room, strutting up and down. I went for a couple of walks. I went for a drive. Um, finally got to four o'clock, so I had my laptop on the bed with uh, Sky Sports on with the Leeds game, and I had the TV on with uh, BBC Final Score. Obviously, it's like a two-minute lag. So you you know what's yeah. going to happen before it's happened. So I, usually I, I just engage with the game and I would turn final score off, but it was too important. And my phone was just going bananas. So everything that happened, you know, in that situation, I, I'm I'm the Leeds fan that most of my friends know. So like anytime someone scores, people sort of celebrating on your behalf, being brilliant. But if you're a Leeds fan, your brain doesn't work like that. So when Newcastle went ahead and Gellhart scored, which later got disallowed, I wasn't thinking, oh, my God, it's going to happen. All I was thinking is this is going to be awful when it eventually goes tits up in the 93rd minute when Chris Wood gives away a penalty and Burnley <laughs> score a winner. And in the back of your mind, all all it matters, if we'd lost that game, that's it. It doesn't matter. If we lose, doesn't matter what happens at Burnley or anywhere else. So you're just thinking, yeah, but, but we're still going to lose this game. And the more and more it went on, the more I started to believe and people started to message. And my mum was ringing me and she was quite emotional. Um, (laughs) And you were messaging me. I had other mates messaging me. And then there was a period where it all went absolutely bananas. And (laughs) Brentford went down to nine men having had an injury and made all their substitutions and having a player sent off and scored and Burnley scored. And then it suddenly went back to one goal and we're down and I couldn't handle it. So phone went off, laptop went off, telly went off and I literally went and sat in a field um, for the last 15 minutes. I saw some beautiful, I saw more bunny rabbits in one field than I've ever seen. There must have been 15 bunny rabbits there. And it's like they knew they didn't run away when I came. They stayed with me. They said, you're all right, mate. 
we're going to be here. We'll just frolic a bit. We'll frolic about a bit and eat some leaves and you just enjoy the beauty of nature, which will be there for you, whatever happens, you know, win, win or lose championship or premier lose. Doesn't yeah, win or lose on the on the grass with a with a <laughs> nice bunny, and I thought it doesn't matter if we go up or down. You know, life is beautiful, and, and there are things more important than football. And then I hadn't turned my phone off; I'd put it on airplane mode. But my Wi-Fi was still engaged on the pub's Wi-Fi, so my mum video called me and said, "Leeds have scored, Leeds are winning again," and all that bunny <laughs> shit. I must, I, must have, I, I think I mowed down about twelve bunnies, celebratory kicking around the field, just hoping <laughs> them into the trees. And then I watched the last sort of five minutes um, of the day unfold on my phone, sat on a wall in a field, watching the Leeds players celebrate with the fans. Just a really odd feeling, and that that, that sort of text about how smug I was going to be. You sort of can't be smug because it's not like winning a cup it's not like getting into the champions league we haven't actually achieved anything except getting away with having an utterly miserable season no, so but it's, it's an more like because more you're like getting scoring. off a roller coaster it's that oh, oh, oh god i thought i was gonna die oh my god it's it's been like that since and the, the further we get from it the more it becomes like a oh i thought something terrible was gonna happen and it didn't so that's all right isn't it yeah, but you, it is an achievement. Had you been relegated, that would have been appalling. It would have set the club back years. There would have been no guarantee you'd get re-promoted. Staying in the Premier League is the biggest thing in football. It's a yes. huge achievement. So it is. I, I don't agree with people going, oh, you celebrated staying up. Of course you did. Getting relegated is hell. And you think you'd hold on to Calvin Phillips and all those players in the second division? I don't think so, mate. Oh, absolutely not. No, Calvin. And, and the worst thing is the vultures circle and all the relegation mm. release clauses kick in. I mean, Rafinha, the, the decision on Rafinha alone probably means that getting relegated, I think he had a 25 million release clause in his contract. Staying in the Premier League means we can hold out for double that. Yes. You know? So that, that alone means 25 million in the bank without whatever happens to all the other players. And, you know, all those players that... I think Rafinha's definitely leaving. You know, we've we turned him into a world-class talent. You're welcome, football. It's what we do. Um, but then you've got Phillips, Bamford, Melier, a lot of players who mm, probably don't want another season in the Championship, who probably do want another season in the Premier League. So it is massive. And uh, throughout it all, let me just say, through, and I mean this from the bottom of my arse, the thought that was in my head more than anything else was Leeds are going down and Forrest are coming up. <laughs> and what a missed opportunity that would be oh, for us to, to play oh each no. other again. So yeah, how are you? Everything else is done now. You're in a weird state where football's sort of finished. We're all not just, you know, playing in flip-flops. They're on beaches, these footballers. What are you guys doing? Well, nervous as hell. Um, and obviously for, for the comedians, FPL community... Leeds stayed in the Premier League. Producer Danny, the Spurs fan, finished yes. fourth, secured Champions League football. So now it all relies and on... Oh, it was very, very impressive. I just have a few questions, John, about this field moment that you had. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it feels almost uh, like a Bible story, really. So mm. at that point, you'd resigned yourself to relegation. You genuinely thought it was over. Um, I couldn't handle the tension that it might... I, I was so convinced that i mean brentford it, it's just, it couldn't be more leads than burnley lose and all we have to do is get a point at brentford and we lose to nine men and and the narrative of, i i think probably most neutrals or fans of other clubs wouldn't be aware 
there's a ridiculous feud developed between Leeds and Brentford. Most clubs who play what? Leeds hate Leeds. There's always yeah. a secret beef. And because Leeds yes. and Brentford were vying for promotion from the championship around the same time, there was just a few silly comments made by players. We made some statements about mind the gap, Thomas Frank, um, when we went up and Brentford didn't. And it's not a real rivalry. It's one of those. It's the same thing we have with Villa. It's not really, it's not, we're not next to each other. It's not a historic rivalry. But because of the Bielsa goal and the Fair Play Award and various other bits and pieces, there's just this, it'll only be a rivalry for about three or four years, but at the moment it's boiling. And it does mean that Brentford, for all those people saying, oh, you know, Brentford have finished, they've got nothing to play for, they really would have loved to relegate Leeds, as would, I think, a lot of clubs. So I just, at at that going to a field moment was, we're going to get relegated by nine men. And then I'm going to see all clips of Pontus Janssen and Brentford players celebrating the fact that we're in the championship and then I'm going to have to watch Calvin Phillips crying on the pitch and I just would rather not see it. So yeah, I just... Uh... Pontus Janssen, it shouldn't be forgotten, was a dick when he played for Leeds. Uh, he was a I'd dick. I'd love to hear your evidence for that. I'd love he to hear your source. dick when he played for Leeds. I remember a particular Forest game. Oh my God, he drove me mad, Pontus Janssen. So yes, Pontus you're... Janssen's magic. You were right to fear that man's personality. He was a dick when he played for Leeds. <laughs> he um, was a Leeds legend. He said this week, every, I mean, he still leads. That's the thing. He didn't mm-hmm. want to leave. Um, he still wishes he was at Leeds. There's a great number of Leeds supporters, myself included, who sort of wish he'd stayed at Leeds. Um, I think he would have made the difference this season. You know, a sort of a centre-half who just gets the job done might have made the difference. Certainly would have stopped. I mean, the goal difference thing was the big one. Going into that final day with a goal difference of minus 30. I mean, absolutely horrific goal difference. And that is the one part of it that is on Bielsa. That is... You know, those goals were conceded in sort of three games. I think we conceded 21 goals. There was the 7-0 against Man City, 6 at Liverpool. I mean, it was absolutely monstrous. You know this is like when uh, an incoming government uh, lambasts the size of the deficit. <laughs> he, he didn't fix the roof when the sun was shining. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The counter-narrative already built it. So with Jesse Marsh now, are you actually excited about him? Do you think, well, actually... This guy's kept us in the Premier League. I think we can look forward to uh, a bright and sunny future with this boy. Tabula rasa, in it, mate? That's what all the Leeds fans are saying. Well, it's tabula rasa, isn't it, now? What? Um, blank slate. So, Hang on, what? You, what, what, what? Tabby what? Tabula rasa, blank What's slate. That? I've never heard well, that before. He's, he's got a clean slate, hasn't he? He can sort of do what he likes now. But is, is that a thing Leeds people are actually saying, or is this just you doing no, no, it's sort of sarcastic. I'm sort of being a... Been a bit of a show-off. Well, I was just sort of implying that we're all going around talking to each other in Latin. And how did you um, feel about Man City winning the league? Absolutely an irrelevant to me. I mean, it's... Mm. I, I, there's You sort of had to watch Match of the Day to realise... I couldn't believe we weren't first on match of the day, put it that way. <laughs> I went and did my gig. I was late for my gig. So I got there at like five past eight. It was supposed to start at eight because the hotel was an hour away from my second gig and the game finished at six. So there was there was time. But I spent so much time on the phone to people and a tearful farewell with the barman who turned out to be a Newcastle fan. So there was obviously, Ooh. you know, it felt like what's the bar in um, the uh, Overlook Hotel in The Shining? You know, and it's all in his imagination. Ooh. I look back now and I said to him, I'm going to have to come back here to believe that this was real. So Leeds' final weekend of the season and there's literally 
an abandoned pub that serves one of my favourite beers and a Newcastle fan behind the bar who waited up for me. Wow. It was very much like a, your money is no good here. It was like that. It's, ah, you're right, mate. I'll stay well, here. It's just contact us now. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll wait up until until you want. Here's your little beers. You'll go upstairs and watch your bullseye. And I, I went down the next morning. He was already there waiting. It was just, I can't believe it was real. I, I, if I went back tomorrow, I think there would be like just burnt timbers. And I would say, where's the mill bank gone? What happened? And they'd say, oh, the mill bank burnt down years ago. I'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah, bunnies attacked it. Bunnies with pitchforks just burnt the pub down 50 years ago. And what um, was the beer? Timothy Taylor. Landlord. Um, they had the landlord, but they Bolt also maker. had not. A Knoll Spring, which is a sort of slightly lighter mm. um, golden ale. It's, uh, I think, 3.94%. Golden ale, oh. you found my weakness. Everything fell into place. Even the bullseyes were uh, like original Series 1. I've tweeted about this. It was Series 1 bullseye, and I've never seen those before. It's bonkers. There's no Tony Green. So Jim Bowen is not only... He's telling you what every round is. They start off with a, a special board with just rings on it, where they do nearest to bull, but it it's all filmed and on telly. I mean, his misogyny is through the roof. He, he, he's just so entertained by the fact that there are women playing darts. Is that why you like it? It's The prizes are absolutely insane. One of the prizes, this is in the final round, was a clock for every room in the house. And he kept oh. going on about what a good prize it was. Can you believe that? That is a classic. A clock for every room in the house. It's a nightmare. And there's some lovely clocks in there. They're like, hook the sound of those infernal clocks. Oh my um, God. He reaches across in the middle of people's throws because he can't see what they've hit. He literally bends their dart while it's in the board. He reaches over and grabs it and goes, what's that in there? 15, right? 15. And then they have to throw the <laughs> Come on, and then he sort of manhandles the guests and sort of moves them around the room like a hoover to where he wants them to stand. It's as if they've just left him there. There wasn't a format, and he's just right. I'm going to have to take control of this. It's absolutely insane, wonderful telly. And then Tony Green comes out with a massive throw on him, and he's the charity darts player. Just magical weekend. So the origin story of Tony Green. For, yeah. for the uninitiated, he's the guy who goes, 180. That's it, yeah. It's Bully's prize board, all that sort of thing. Take your time, take your time. Give you the time it takes the board to revolve. I loved that. I loved the drum roll as the big um, board revolves. Well, that's it. All that's Gabo! gone. Gabo! There is none of that jeopardy. I mean, literally, there's a couple that win £20 who decide not to gamble for the prize. It's so... <laughs> um, it's 1981, I think, the first series. Uh. So they they just they're so sure they're not going to win. Just rather keep the twenty quid and the clocks. I mean, twenty quid then. To be fair, that, that is probably a hundred or two hundred quid now. Oh yeah. And in nineteen eighty one, do you know what I mean? We, we're talking about a period of prolonged industrial strife and recession. Yeah, well, well, you get that conversation. There's a couple. Um, really. He asks them what they do for a living, and they say they're both unemployed. They've just been made <sighs> redundant, and he doesn't quite know what to say about it. It's such a window. And then the questions. I talked about this before. I think the questions are so highbrow. They're not. You know, you see quizzes now, and the questions are just moronic. Like, <laughs> it's jelly, custard, and what makes a trifle? Whipped cream! That's right, you've won a thousand pounds. I was going to say Swiss roll. I'd have lost. Oh, you would have lost, yeah. <sighs> but the questions are pro they're about, you know, the who is the French foreign minister and things like that. They're, they're properly intelligent questions and intelligent wow. working class people. It's just a, it's a phenomenal bit of telly. Challenge every night, 11 o'clock, pour yourself a little drink and welcome to my world.
can't recommend it enough. So yeah, got in at uh, got in at uh, I think half past one for my gig. Knew I should have gone to bed because my daughter's going to wake me up at half past six. But I couldn't resist watching Match of the Day because I just forgot that all the other stuff had happened. And I put Match of the Day. I was like, oh, of course they're going to lead with who actually won the league because that was also exciting. But it just wasn't irrelevant. You know, it just it didn't even register during the day for me because all I cared about was Burnley and Leeds. So then I watched absolute carnage ensue and Manchester City winning another league title. Were you pleased for them? I was, yeah. I've always had a soft spot for City. City. Uh, City. I love them. I, I really do. And it, it, I do prefer them to Liverpool. And I know that's not the modern trendy view, but I'm not going to change long-held opinions just because a new generation of people it's not don't what know what Klopp thinks, is it? Well, Klopp, well, I'm not surprised Jurgen Klopp wants Liverpool to win. I think he's mm. got quite a severe vested interest. I have a lot of respect for Liverpool, but I wanted City to do it. And I think I feel the same way as you. You know what this reminds me of, actually? That obviously, the playoff final's on Sunday, and that's basically like the last thing that's going to happen. There's obviously mm. the Champions League as well. Um, is, I remember... I think the first year I went to Glastonbury, I was so excited, I couldn't think of anything else. And then about a fortnight before, me and my mate Pete went to see REM at the City Ground. And actually, having like a smaller thing to look forward to on the way broke up. Mm. And, and in a way, it was so nice to watch football with jeopardy that we weren't involved in, that it that it took the pressure off. It was just nice to go, oh, I can watch other people stress out and just yes. enjoy it as a neutral. And it just took my mind a little bit off the fact that on Sunday, I'm going to be at Wembley. You're going to Wembley. Watching Forest hopefully get to the Premier League. But even just to see, obviously, I want the uh, winning is the crucial thing. But yes. for years, I mean, for both of us, really, for a long time, obviously, you got to see Leeds promoted, uh, and that was during COVID. But for most of the time, we've been friends. Football's been pretty bad to us, really. Leeds yes. and Forest have been terrible, including years in League One. Out of nowhere, within a year, I'll have seen England play at a Wembley final and Forest. And I just think, isn't that mad that life just delivers you these... Obviously, you want them to win. That's the main thing. But my God, you know, I've lived in the past so much because that's where all the good stuff happened. The only reason you live in the past is because you've not done anything of late to to celebrate. So I just sort of hope that on both counts, those things are turning around. It is one of those periods that you just... You have to remind yourself there are people who don't like sport. And I understand football. There's a lot to dislike about football, especially but sport in general. But for these few days, final day of the season, playoff finals, why deny yourself that excitement? And in terms of, and everyone talks about origin stories now because of Marvel films. But if you're talking about an origin story for Forrest's return to the Premier League, being bottom of the league with your sort of 17th manager in three weeks, and then you, you have your worst start to the season, and then you get into the playoffs. And then you have a final at Wembley in the sun. That's it, isn't it? I know. Man, I just I just need it to happen. I just need it to happen, obviously, because otherwise... We're all thought... rooting for you Thank at CPFPL. You. Thank you. Enterprises. CPFPL HQ. We're delighted to be joined by your champion and ours, the first ever winner of the Comedians FPL League, Ian Sterling. Mo Marnie, Mo Problems, finished the season with 2,495 points. Ian Sterling, congratulations. Thank you. Do you know what? We were having a very brief discussion off camera. I was a, a slightly disappointed with my overall performance, but actually hearing that, I feel I'm buzzed. I had Emily Dean and Russell Howard breathing down my neck for an entire <laughs> season, which is not something many people get to say. Well, you won the league by 60 points, um, which any yeah. team would be happy with. Um, what was the secret of your success? 
a lot of time spent if i'm being <laughs> if i'm being very honest um i would spend upwards of four or five hours a week tinkering wow advice studying eo waiting for late transfer news on twitter you name <laughs> it i did it is oh. there a decision in your mind either way? Is there like a week you look back? For me, still, the week I didn't captain Mo Salah away at Manchester United, I look back on as that was it for me. That was when the gap between me and the top three became insurmountable. Do you have a decision that was either so good or so bad that you still think about it? Uh, yeah, I reckon holding Salah over African nations was a bit of a mm-hmm. mistake. 12 and a half to 13 million pounds of points power just sitting. And never quite the same after. Never quite the same. Never quite. You could have probably gone for a few differential captains. I think he had that one one game that he Did you stress Because our producer, Danny Carr, leapt up the league. He was one of the first in the league to have the confidence to captain away from Salah. He made that call early and it was rewarded. Yeah, I went Jota a couple of times and, and that cost me as well, actually. That was when Russell got very close to me at the top. Mm. But, um, yeah, the general Salah vibes were um, um were a mistake. Otherwise, I think I sort of done all right. I done well. There was a Chelsea defenders. I was on Reese James at the right times. I feel like I done quite well with Son. I could have, I should have probably brought Madison in last game of the season. I was, I was pushing for... I really wanted a top 100k finish, and I probably should have done Madison. Um, I maybe held on to Sterling a bit too long when I was trying to be more clever than I maybe needed to be. But otherwise, I think it sort of went it went okay. I think my captains was a problem because I just basically captained Salah the second half of the season and kept on getting stung by Canes and Sons and De Bruyne's. Left, mm. right and centre. So looking forward to next season then, obviously I started with Kane and that turned out to be a terrible decision that hampered me for the rest of the season really. But given how we finished and given those state Spurs are in, I know it's too early because people will get signed and sold and whatever. Actually starting with Kane next season would be a better decision next season than probably it was this season, wouldn't it? He sort of quite famously never does very well at the start of any season. Mm. I've, been, I've been playing FPL for many, many years and that's sort of a rule of thumb. And also don't forget... You've got um, you've got the Norwegian problem now as well in the form of Haaland. How are you going to get? You need. Oh. Some, you, you probably need Haaland. <laughs> oh. I would love it, Matt, if you went Kane again and just stuck with him. <laughs> What's Haaland going to be? What is like the maximum cost they could put him at? I think I think he'll probably be at 30, 12 and a half, 30 mil. But you've got mm. to account for the. There's not many players come from Germany and do the business from the off. But then you look at the difference in a city team with Aguero versus a city team without one. Purely from an FPL goal scoring perspective, it's about and they get a, they get another twenty five a season with Aguero playing. The way you talk about FPL, I'm like, I feel thick as shit when I hear you. I'm like, <laughs> you're just so fluent and articulate. I'm like, I've been doing this all season. I ain't got a clue what's going on, man. I should have a, I should have a bloody FPL podcast, shouldn't I? Really? <laughs> think about it. This is the wrong way around. I'm like, oh my god, I'm dense. I mean, I, 
on that, it feels like you made the right call week one. You had the right team. You had Salah in there. You had Cancelo, all those calls. Yeah, that's the one minor flaw in FPL, I feel. If you don't get off to that flying start, it's really, if your team's not there from the beginning, unless people mm-hmm. are wildcard and very early doors, it's really hard to make it back. So, yeah, if you didn't have Salah and Fernandez in that first week, yeah. you were really struggling. And I, th- I, th- I don't think Matt did. <laughs> no, neither, neither of us. I, I didn't have Salah either. I thought I was being really smart. I think I had Son as my sort of expensive player. I think it's a f- effective ownership is the next thing you guys need to look at for when you start start any season. Players are going to absolutely destroy you early doors. You need to just have them, and then you can start getting clever after that. Okay, so effective ownership is—is is, is this? I mean, I feel like I'm talking to someone who really understands the stock market. I'm not—I've not heard most of these phrases before. So, what does that mean? Effective ownership is essentially what percentage of FPL players own a player at any one time. So, Ennis Ennis Pomp Salah, because of people captaining him, was well over a hundred percent owned, nearly two hundred percent owned. So oh anyone that's like any player that's like a hundred percent owned, if you've not got them and they get fifteen, sixteen points, you're in a loss of bother. A la John Richardson not captaining Salah that mm-hmm. fateful week when everyone else did it. So sometimes you've just got to get these players to sort of like damage limitation and then you find a few cheeky guys to just drag you up the ranks. So you basically go with the majority. Look who everyone else is picking copy them, and then try and get savvy. The new labour approach of FPL. <laughs> Find a middle ground that's going to get you elected, then go left wing once you've got your foot in the door. <laughs> and oh. there was another term there that some some of us might not be aware of. So there's effective ownership, and then you referred to there the cheeky guys. Oh, yeah, the cheeky guys. So they're the ones that are a very nice price, and but you've seen something in them that you don't think other people have seen. Mm. I thought I saw it in a few players, um, Raheem Sterling, for example, who done all right for me at times. Never worth the money, was he? Really? Even De Bruyne, I, I, I don't think I ever took the gamble on De Bruyne, just because you, you never know when it. But when you got to a system and Liverpool and Man City, and we'll talk about Liverpool season now, perhaps away from FPL and you as a Liverpool fan. But you get to a point where best players are being benched literally in cup finals and on final days. That's mm-hmm. insanity. Well, and don't forget next year for FPL, five subs allowed. So it's going to be absolute chaos. Oh. Then you'll see how much of a genius I am. That'll be it. That'll what, be it. Well, did you see that when Guardiola said that? His post-match interview the other day when they're, like, they've just won the league and he says, don't forget next year, five substitutions. Then you'll see how much of a genius I am. I thought he sort of famously never made any subs. That was always my thing with him. He never bothered himself. You know what? You know when someone, when the mask just slips a bit, it really reminded me, and I'm sure everyone remembers this, uh, the Jeffrey Archer interview with Michael Crick. <laughs> where, <laughs> I knew that's what you were going to say. He says to Michael Crick, just you wait till I'm London Mayor. Then you'll see how tough I am. Just you wait. I just thought, oh, and of course he never became London Mayor. So I don't know what that means for Pep's future, but I just thought, oh, don't be saying that, Pep. I mean, he's just got so many players to choose. It's not really, is he being that clever? Has he got loads of good people to choose from? Yeah. It sort of reminds me of someone like when you were a kid and someone's like, oh, I'm really good at collecting Pokemon cards. I'm like, no, you're not. Your mum and dad bought you loads of Pokemon cards. You fool. <laughs> He's a rich kid. He's a rich kid at school with the new trainers on. I hate him. And then what's Klopp? 
Klopp's the Klopp's the cool guy. <laughs> so all he's been given is some old scraps, a few bits of old, you know. Granted, the the most expensive goalkeeper and defender in the world, and probably the best attacking force in the in the I league. Mean, but apart from that, can, can can we not forget that Virgil Van Dijk costs less than Harry Maguire? Please, can we just bear that? <laughs> what was well, it like that last last day then? Well, I was on a train coming up to Edinburgh with some Sunderland fans, and um, as you do, and they were keeping me updated on the the Villa. A game, and I was watching the Liverpool game as much as I could on bad Wi-Fi, um, and it it was exhilarating. At one point, I had this image in my head of um, Stephen Gerrard going full John Terry and coming down to Anfield and full catch celebrating with the bodies. <laughs> <laughs> what a final day, though! And then, like, it's funny at the minute we've still got Champions League. I think the mood will be different for the. Madrid game, but it did feel like a party atmosphere. Like we done, we done amazing to get to where we got to. It got to the final day. What a game! What can you do? Like literally, what can you do if they're going to score three goals in five minutes and win it? Yeah. It's sort of you can't. You can look back. What we could have maybe beaten that won that Spurs game. There's that obviously mm. that period. I mean, it was sort of funny. I remember. I was with Russell Howard actually at the Brentford game, and it's when um, we beat Brentford. But it's that morning, City had just beaten Chelsea to go fourteen points clear, and it was funny being in Anfield that day. They started uh, January, where we, everyone sort of resigned themselves to the fact that it wasn't going to happen. So to then make it almost happen, and again, there's all these. Is it not that I can't remember the exact stat, but I think it's something like in the thirty years of the Prem. The points tally Liverpool had, they would have won it twenty five times. Wow, out of thirty. And I think My obviously God. the other five or six are City. That's like Scottish statistics, isn't it? That's our Rangers this week. There was a lot of talk about you know so many years since they won the Scottish Cup, but then you'd hear, and that's their forty seventh cup victory of all time. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely bonkers. Do you remember that amazing Kevin Br- um, Kevin Bridges joke about Scottish football when Rangers got relegated to the third division for because of them being bankrupt? Yeah. People would say it. Someone said, people would say to Kevin, oh, but I thought um, the SPFL was a two horse race. He goes, yeah, I know. Now Scottish football is essentially show jumping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a good joke. It's not anymore. And now um, it's getting to a Lots of my Scottish friends are doing the whole, oh, C- City win it again. Only one winner every year. What a farmer's league, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Well done on Leeds, by the way. Thank you very much indeed. It's it's a victory for just good people and um, pleased mm. to see. I was on stage in Hexham uh, on Sunday nights. There was quite a lot of Newcastle fans in. So I said, any Newcastle fans in, they cheered. And I said, well, you know, thank you for enabling a victory for good people and, and humanity. Well, apart from your win, of course, which was a victory for blood money. But at least you used it to do good. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't get the laugh I was hoping for. Is well, your manager, can I act now? And I honestly, I don't, mean this to sound as loaded as it's going Here to come we across. Go. Here is, we he go. Not, is, it, is he not likeable or is it because he's American? It's because we're not used to, you know, positive people in this country. Right, okay. We don't we don't appreciate that. I mean, it's a little bit too much. And there has had to be words said about, you know, when we've lost, let's not do a huddle on the centre spot. 
um, in front of the away fans. So let's <laughs> let's do that behind closed doors. But you know what a situation to come into. Klopp got a bit of stick for that. I remember he got the the team to applaud the uh, our away fans when we drew to Burnley or something when he first started and he got a bit of stick for being that sort of guy so you never know yeah there's there's a period of adjustment certainly and had we got relegated i don't think there would have been much uh hunger for next season's football under marsh but now it's just well do you know what he came in with a job to do and he did it so you've got to give him you've got to give him another crack at it really but i would say let's talk less about gandhi in our press conferences probably not, yeah not a, reference. a bit more tony dirigo chat a bit more Howard Wilkinson. Have you seen that clip of him drinking the bottle of beer in the dressing room going, we're still in the Premier League, guys. Oh. But he holds a bottle of beer with two fingers, which I instantly don't like that. Well, do you know what? I didn't even notice his fingers because all it's a red label with the back to the camera and all I was thinking is, please don't be a Budweiser. Please it's, don't a, it's, <laughs> it's an Australia, so we're all right. It's a premium Manish lager. I'm really writing him off because I thought it was a twist-top Budweiser, but he still uses a <laughs> And he does that thing where he puts the cap on upside down and goes, king of beers. And then <laughs> we referenced Kevin Bridges. It's only fair to say I very much enjoyed... There's a clip of your Amazon special uh, out at the moment, the, the routine about being Scottish and English abroad while we're on yeah. topic. really made me laugh. Very funny. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And actually, we filmed that. What I like about that is we felt the, the special is filmed in London. So I quite like that I'd done that joke to an English audience rather than to a Scottish audience, if you know what I mean. So, Well, it's a lovely it's a lovely routine because it's got it looks like it's about one thing. And then at the end, you sort of get the London crowd back on side. Shall I do. We say. I do. Yeah, it's basically about how we're all essentially as bad as each other is the yeah. is the. Is the is the um, it's it's not I would say reveal, but it's definitely it's a bit of fun at the end. But yeah, no, it's, it's a good um, bit of fun. And the Amazon specials out now. Twenty seventh of May, the specials out on Amazon Prime or Prime Video. Is they they're trying to rebrand? I think Amazon. Oh, are they? I'm not. I'm not the guy for a sort of uh, high profile rebrand. I very rarely get the terminology right, and even when I do, it's in this voice. So you're better off saying it than me. Prime Video, 27th of May. Next year, we're back in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Ian. Cheers, lads. It's been amazing. We'll get you Thank trophy, you Oh, thanks. Trophy in the post. Well done, mate. Of course, it wasn't just the FPL League that was decided on the last game of the season. It was also the FPL Cup. And the winner in our league was Joe Wilkinson. And he sent us this message. Hello, lads. It's Cup winner Joe Wilkinson. Um, just wanted to say I'm absolutely buzzing about uh, being championi. Uh, genuinely over the moon. I beat some big, big hitters to uh, get to the final and Alex Brooker. Um, and yeah, just really over the moon. Um, just want to thank um, all the lads for all their work. Uh, really put in some big performances over the last five or six weeks. Proud of every single one of them. Um, except for a couple of Leeds players I had on the bench. Um, you know what's happening next season. He might have stayed up, but you are not welcome in my squad next year. Um, but to all the rest of the lads, fair play, fair play. You've done, you've done 
done me really proud and I feel like uh, I feel like Frank Lampard we're really out of my depth but somehow we did it Joe Wilkinson there winner of the FPL Cup in our league and he wins £50 worth of Toby Carvery vouchers I'm not entirely sure he's going to spend them John well if his FPL team's anything to go by he likes having money in the bank doesn't he so um, what do you think he's going to do with them just store them I just think Wilkinson's the sort of guy that's going to go, I'm not going to a Toby Carvery, I can't be bothered. And they're just going to sit there. But, you know, he might re-gift them. And he then might someone take eventually. 50 quid's Ooh. a meal for three or four in a Toby Carvery. You know. Yeah, you, that'd be careful. nice. You're careful there. Um, he's finished ninth in the league, so it's a surprise. I mean, who finished ninth in the... I guess it's like Brighton winning the actual FA Cup. Uh, Joe Wilkinson's victory there. Nobody really saw it coming. You know, if you went to Toby Carvery on your own with 50 quid and you were savvy on the food, you could get absolutely blasted and completely full up for 50 quid. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, you could. I mean, I mean, how much did you spend when you ralphed all over the car park? Probably but, half that. Yeah, but it was on you, wasn't it? It was a forfeit, so you paid. So I, I paid. I Best money I've spent all year. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> that should be their tagline. For 50 quid, we'll get you completely full, (laughs) completely shit-faced. For 50 quid, you'll end up looking like DiCaprio getting out of the car in Wolf of Wall Street. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You finished 12th overall in the league. You you clipped over the 2,000-point mark. I did. You know what? I'm just... We talked with Ian Sterling about bad decisions and things. Mm. Forgetting to um, bench boost in that last double game week really cost yeah. me. Yeah, and there was a week... There was a couple of weeks recently where I did forget, and it just... I, I think I could have got... My big ambition, obviously, was to get top 10. And the frustrating thing is, I, had I stayed on top of the admin, I probably could have done it. Um, but these are all lessons learned for next season. And, and I feel like next season, I'm going to be more of a force to be reckoned with. I think it's going to be a lot tighter next season. Oh, no question. No question. Oh, I, I forgot to tell you this the other week. You know, we sent the wobble Ooh. board out in the post. Yes. I met the guy who got it. Oh, Yeah. What's, so, what sort of shape is he in? Is he ripped? <laughs> he's um, Yeah, he sort of vibrates a lot. I think it's had quite a profound effect <laughs> on his life. Bleary eyes. Just sort of nodding his head a lot. He, um, he's called Jamie and he said, oh, I'm the guy who got the wobble board. Because obviously I posted it off to him and then we didn't hear anything. And he said basically he recorded a video of him and his son on the wobble board. Mm. Because the, he, basically because the video was too long. He couldn't upload it or whatever, and then I think they had second thoughts. But anyway, sent me the video, so I've got it on a direct message on Twitter. I don't know how to get it off my phone. Oh, it's okay, amazing. Granddad. It's him and his son, Ollie, just vibrating. I've got the video here. Can you see it if I'm watching it? Is that how it works? It's on the old um, tweet deck. Hmm? You try getting a video off a direct message on Twitter on your phone and, and say, I will it. try it's not it, easy. Oh, don't you worry. I'll try it, mate. Maybe I can forward it on to you. But we've got the video anyway. So it, it did go to an, a, a good home. I know a lot of people would, would have been wondering. It's nice um, to think of a family wobbling together, isn't it? Isn't it? The family that vibrates together probably should be investigated by social services. <laughs> now, our other FPL uh, Cup winner was the yes. Fan League. Uh, so Paul Eyre has been in touch. He said, hi, guys. I love the podcast. I was ecstatic to see I'd somehow lifted the CPFPL Fan Cup over the weekend. Having mm. read the generous prize details, it seems only fitting that given my location, any prize vouchers would be redeemed at the Toby Carvery Dronfield. Or 
although we'll undoubtedly tread carefully in the car park. I mean, for CPFPL fans, that car park is kind of like hallowed ground now, isn't it? You'd be wondering where the sick is. Me, my wife and family look forward to visiting Everywhere. together with any Dutch hand puppets that could come our way. Please keep up the good work. May I also take this opportunity to plant a future seed for a pun-based feature. Christian Pulisicki. Not sure what the feature is, but it fits the template of establishing a pun then working backwards. Paul, that is a really good idea, Christian Pulisicki. Maybe it's like each week people who are ill... Uh, get mm-hmm. in touch with us and let us know why they've been off work. He's won the FBL Cup, uh, 72 points. He scored in the final week, beating King of the Hill, Adam Monk. Um, so he wins £50 with the Toby Carvey vouchers. Do, do you want to meet them in Johnfield for handover in the car park? You can point them to the sick. Um, I mean, if I'm free, I'll do it. I, I think it's probably going to be quite logistically difficult, isn't it? Mm, I mean, mm, between mm, now mm. and October, I don't think... We could send him the video of you being sick and he can sort of piece it together for himself and see if he could reconstruct the video. I don't think that video should ever be circulated. Ah, I Uh, have already already sent it to quite a few people. Who have you sent it to, you snake? Just your mum. Your uh, mum. Your mum. Oh, you can't say it's great. Oh, you can't do that. It's Toby Carvey, man. No, no thing I've ever seen, man. No, Put it this way, if an MP opens the video I've sent them in the House of Commons, they're about to make news headlines all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> imagine, imagine. that. So- oh, I'll tell you what, that would be a good challenge for next year. Get this podcast mentioned in Parliament. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I thought you were going to say try and get it in like an international newspaper, but um, it's it, a slightly higher bar, I think. We need to try the- and get a parliamentary question laid down about FPL. The winner of our FPL Fan League is Jack Nabu Benzi, who we've spoken about every week for the last few weeks as a, yes. as a result of his fantastically offensive team name, which last week was Change Name and now is Noble Warming. But it was a nice pun. Cock. Schlop. BS. <laughs> oh, he got so badly treated. Um, so he he finished on 2734 points that's wow. that's pretty much 250 points clear of the winner of the comedians league so Ian Sterling just just under 2500 but congratulations to him and i guess he wins a prize doesn't he some toby carvey vouchers and i think we we also promised him a vinnie van der Veet and a trophy yes we'll we'll get the trophies made vouchers dispensed Vinnie van der Veet's out there to all our winners. Um, sort of sad that it's the end of the season, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I'll I'll be glad of the break. Um, I think. Um, I mean, I, I sort of. Already, I mean, we've already talked about next season, haven't we? It's already in the back of your mind. You're already thinking. You know, need to make a good start. It's not the last podcast. Let's make that clear because it's yes. only fair that we catch up with you. After, After Forest, the um, playoff final, and we should probably do some over the summer just to keep you know to we keep the feed alive. Well, there's this, there's this rumbling on of the old brewery tour, isn't there? It does feel like uh, yes. a summer event live from one of the breweries that has been kind enough to back us is something we should do, if only to wrap up remaining forfeits. So, uh, yes, we need to do some um, forfeit specials. To, you've got to drink your blitzed up Sunday dinner, and I now, as a result of defeat this week, uh, a somewhat impulsive decision to bring Noan Kenane. 
who is on minus one point. He remains on minus one, did not play at the weekend, and has indeed already left Leeds United. Um, so that's that's the end of his season. A, a final jinx, a final outing for the curse, maybe, as I bring him in, and literally the day after that, he announces that he's leaving Leeds United. You also need to do the Bielsa is my daddy. I do need to do Bielsa is my daddy, and I now need to balance three pints and a mobile phone on my head. And pint with the duck. So let's just meet up some point over the summer. We do them all in one mm-hmm. day. We do. I was going to say we should do a spin-off series where we do our forfeits. But actually, I think given the stuff we usually talk about, if we were to do a spin-off series, we should actually talk about FPL. I think um, <laughs> doing a lot of mad crap is just in the keeping of the series. So we'll do some over the summer. We will get the forfeits done. We're going to clear that backlog. We'll keep you updated on Forest. Um, so let's oh, let's meet up. Forfeits in one day. Yeah, we'll do a forfeit special. We'll film them all. Shall I come to you? You're going to come to me, or what? How do we do it? Oh, we got to meet we up with meet Deep in Dale the middle. Duck. Deep Dale Duck. Yeah. Um, Preston did not get relegated, as my friend Nick predicted. Nor did they get promoted. So um, Deep Dale Duck is is available. I would have thought. Are you going to take Vinny Van Der Veed to Wembley? Um, I'm not sure. It. it... <sighs> It sort of depends where I sit, really. I can't turn up, you know, if I'm in a, you know, if I'm... Hospitality. Well, it's not so much that, but if I'm, you know, with whoever, I can't be taking a... I'll just look insane. But I'll I'll, I'll figure out, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna try. I'm going to try. I don't want to make promises because it'd be gutting if I say, oh, Vinny's going to Wembley and everyone gets excited for Vinny and then he's not there. Um, equally, I mean, oh, man. I would just look like I was having a breakdown. Yes, that's why it's funny. Yeah, but I'm not having a breakdown. I don't want you to wear... I'm not having a breakdown. You're going to say I was having a breakdown? <laughs> I'm not, am I? I think this could be the start of something very special. I think if Forrest were to, and none of us want it, if Forrest were to lose that playoff final and you were to be seen sat by the River Thames with a puppet on your hands doing a Dutch accent, screaming, I just need a duck, I just need a duck, I think that certainly would be... Some would say that as, you know, the, the first warning. You know what I'm worried about? The following day, obviously I do another show called The Political Party where I interview politicians on stage. I've got one the day after the playoff final uh, with Wes Streeting, rising Labour star. Mm-hmm. The thought of having to, like, go through all that and then... I mean, if we don't go up and then I've got to turn up at a gig and, like, I'm just going to be broken. I mean, what are you I? most worried about, though, that you do go up and you're absolutely hammered while you interview West Streeting? Or I listened to your um, Lisa Nandy this week and, you know, she, she offers you one can of lager and you really uh, you weren't for drinking that, were you? Very serious. But I don't like drinking at work. You know what? The moment I've had a sip, mm. all my intensity goes. I immediately relax. I can't concentrate. So I'm just like, oh, man. And I knew that the interview would be worse if I had a sip of lager. Mm-hmm. And I don't drink the night before. So I'm like, well, I'm going to the playoff final the day before. But, you know, I guess come on down and see what sort of <laughs> well, state I'm in. It's a, you know. it's a plug for the two podcasts, isn't it? We'll be back uh, next week after the playoff final. But also have yourselves a listen to the West Reading interview and see if you can piece together the emotional wreck. Either way, that is Matt Ford. You know what? I feel very weak at the moment, John. How so? Well, I actually tested myself for COVID a couple of hours ago. It's come back negative. You know when you just feel knackered? I was just like, oh, man. And I just think I'm emotionally, like, I feel like I'm just, like, drained emotionally. You know what Um, I thought today? You know what I want more than anything? Soup. (laughs) And I just thought, that. what a tragic thought. That was actually a thought. I need soup. Do you know what this says to me? Go on. This is a man who is going to cry at Wembley. I think I'm going to cry regardless. no... 
quest. Oh yeah, absolutely. Win, lose, draw. I think you'll cry on the way in. I think you'll yeah. cry at kickoff. I think we've got multiple tears. I can only put a request out for those in the surrounding area or those you're with to video that for me. Yeah, I'm definitely good. When they walk out, I'm going to cry. Definitely. The thoughts yeah. in Forest play. Oh man, I- I'm already. Uh... Well, while you've got some energy, and I don't want to, I don't want to tire you out anymore. I think you need to save everything you've got just to get up those escalators to Wembley to watch your team in the playoff final in the sun. You've earned it. You've been a loyal and devoted fan, as you say, through decades now, where they've given you little or nothing in return, except, in fairness, a couple of victories over Arsenal in the cup, which you've been pretty unbearable about. <laughs> the little energy we have left. Let's round off this week's podcast with a bit of improv. It's a bit of animal weapon location. In tribute to our departing friends, um, and I must admit, although I'm delighted it's Leeds and I would have it Leeds over anybody else, I don't like watching videos of fans crying in the stands and I think it's going to be a difficult time for them. So perhaps this is some solace for those fans of Burnley. Uh, a tweet comes from Rupert, who says, Animal weapon location, whip it, Burnley, weapon, clog. <laughs> oh, look, it's... Uh, I think that's a bloody mouse. Ah, shut up, it's too long to be a chuffing mouse, that. It's a water otter. It's not a water otter. Oh, dear God, it's a ferret. And it's holding a clog. Oh, he's bashed me into mush! Hey, you f***ing ferret! So they're, they're very violent um, ferret with a clog. You know, I bashed yeah. my desk so hard, I've hurt my hand. You've not quite capitalised on the offensive nature of the tweet. Uh, it was supposed to be a whippet, not a ferret. Um, I don't think oh, that's the noise of frat. I don't think that's the noise a ferret makes anyway, if I'm perfectly honest. I enjoyed it and I'm not gonna ask you to do it again. I want you to save I want you to save that energy for this weekend. Sunday, is it? Playoff final? Yes, four thirty. Sunday the twenty ninth of May, Nottingham Forest against Huddersfield. And you can either go and watch it live or you can watch it on the telly. There's the only two I will options. be watching. I wish you all the very best. Congratulations to Ian. Congratulations to Joe Wilkinson. Congratulations to Jack, the winner of our fan league. Um, You've all done very well. Congratulations to Leeds. Congratulations to Jack Harrison. I mean, what what a finish just to calm the doubts. Congratulations to all the players. Congratulations to Jesse. Congratulations to me. Well done, mate. Thank you. I'm very proud of myself. Um, That's all we've got time for. Next podcast will be out after that playoff final. We will discuss what happened to Matthew and the team he loves. So we'll continue uh, the FPL podcast over the summer. Um, So get in touch with any uh, form badly punned format ideas and uh, stuff we can talk about over the summer where there's not even a major tournament either this summer. Nightmare. So tweet us at ComediansFPL, email us hello at cpfpl.com, find us on Insta and on Facebook and leave a review, leave a five-star written review, tell everyone about it and please just pray for Forrest with everything you've got and we'll see you next week. Come on, drink your trees! <laughs> Bye! 